0: You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio.
1: Welcome back, everybody. You're here with Natalie cutler Welsh on the Up Your Brave show on Reality Check Radio. And coming up, my next guest is Simone Denny. We're going to be talking about finding freedom and purpose through IFS. Welcome to the show, Simone.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Natalie. It's beautiful to be on your show.
1: Great to be Zooming with you all the way over to Waiheke Island.
0: (laughs) Not too far away.
1: Not too far away. For those of you that don't know Simone, Simone Denny is a leading coach and practitioner who empowers individuals and groups to create effective mindset strategies and high performance habits. She teaches individuals how to build emotional agility and uncover subconscious patterns so they can step into their purpose and potential and create a life they love. She graduated from University of Berkeley, California, and Otago University with degrees in psychology and business. She's a qualified life coach, IFS practitioner. Ooh, I was wondering, Internal Family Systems, IFS, epigenetic coach, mind detox therapist, and mindfulness practitioner. She is certified in cognitive behavior therapy, NLP and the Emotional Culture Deck. In addition to speaking and coaching, she also runs personal development workshops for corporates and online group coaching programs. Her signature programs are Living With Purpose and Purpose to Profit. She leads a growing membership and hosts retreats. Simone has previously spent 12 years working in the banking industry, interesting, where she successfully project managed multi-million dollar projects from inception to delivery. What an interesting
0: dynamic journey you've been on. (laughs) Yes, it uh, has been my journey of finding my purpose is definitely uh, not taken a straight line, but it feels good to kind of have arrived where I am now. Yeah, well, you know, life
1: always makes a little more sense when we look back rather than when we're looking forward. I know that a lot of our listeners will be looking forward to exploring the concept of finding your purpose. Uh, But before we do that, can you give us a little bit more info on your backstory, on your journey and how you came to be here? And oh my goodness, you have so many degrees and qualifications. Very impressive.
0: (laughs) Uh, They've just been collected over the years. Um, But yeah, I guess... I haven't taken the traditional route to being a coach or really living my purpose. And I think most people don't. We don't always start out our lives knowing exactly what we're here to do. And ironically, now I help people find that because I really feel like it's been my own journey uh, through a lot of trial and error and a lot of you know ups and downs, peaks and troughs in life. I've really found my stride maybe A bit later in life. And I kind of want to encourage people who are maybe listening to this to know that it is never too late to find your thing in life. And I encourage a lot of people who come to me, I I work with people, whether in their 40s, 50s, 60s, who are still finding their purpose. And, you know, some people go through life not finding their purpose. So if you're thinking, I've missed the boat. Just know that that is available to you at any phase that you really want to dive into it. But for me, I guess I started out as definitely uh, an ambitious person, a high achiever. I wanted to uh, head out of New Zealand and, and explore the world quite early on in my life, and I headed to America and started university there and kind of got onto this um, treadmill, uh, you could say, of, of climbing climbing a ladder of whatever that looked like, trying to uh, tick all of the boxes that I thought made me successful in my life and getting the, the right degrees and then entering into the world of investment banking. I lived in the States for a while and then moved to London and joined Merrill Lynch and became... <clears throat> You know a a, a a young woman in the banking world which was which was an experience in itself and really if I asked myself honestly I knew right from the beginning of that career that it really wasn't me and I had this little uh kind of gut feel that kept nagging at me it's like I describe it as somebody calling through on the phone and they're asking you all the time are you there are you there and you just don't take the call, and you ignore the call. <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, and there comes a time where you can't ignore that call anymore. And I definitely had that. I was working all over the world. The job was wonderful, and that it took me to London, lived in Hong Kong, back to London to Sydney. Um, but in my heart of hearts, I just knew I wasn't fully aligned with my essential self. I wasn't feeling fully expressed. I felt like. I was being a version of myself that wasn't fully authentic in the work that I was doing. And at the same time, I was kind of carving out this career path um, in algorithmic trading and and a, a very different world to what I live in now. Uh, And really, it wasn't until I had my first baby that I could make that break. I didn't have that. I didn't up my brave enough to leave the banking world. I had those golden handcuffs on and I felt like I can't leave this. And it was a story I told myself. So once I had made that first break, I then kind of threw myself into starting my own business early on when I had my daughter Bodhi and I started a health and wellness business and actually I'll just rewind a bit while I was living in London I and and doing this banking career I became a coach then so I became a coach a really long time ago and I felt like I lived a double life like in work I was doing my you know investment banking and on the side I was doing all these things that really filled my soul I had studied psychology at university and I was becoming a coach and holding these little workshops at my house uh and then really uh Yeah, it wasn't until I left that I kind of started to pick up the coaching again and I started this online business. But what happened with that online business is I really just threw myself into this thinking, oh, just be an entrepreneur now coming from corporate. And there's some really hard lessons in there. And I actually realized you can't just follow your passion and start a business. Finding your purpose is so much deeper than that. You really have to understand who you are. And that's been a huge journey for me of really uncovering who am I? What is my genius zone? What is my essential self look like? How can I be most of service to others uh, by actually knowing what it is that I'm here to do? What are my strengths? Am I leading from my strengths? And that first business, I wasn't doing a lot of that. I was behind the computer screen trying to do SEO and all this stuff that mm. wasn't my genius. So that was my first kind of hard-knock learning experience of a business going, oh, this is way harder than I thought. And I had to also get out of this corporate mindset into an entrepreneur mindset, which was a big shift. So that was my first kind of pivot out of corporate. And then I was like, actually, this also doesn't feel like me, which was my next pivot. And then I thought, I'm going to return to what I've always loved, what I read, what I consume, what I really gravitate to, which is the personal development world, the coaching, And when I left Sydney, where I'd been doing that business and came to New Zealand, I said, I'm going all in. I'm not going to be having a piece of mini pies. I'm going to go all in on the coaching. And when I did that, I felt so aligned with what I am here to do. I felt like I wanted to jump out of bed in the morning. I wanted to be of service. I had really great results because I was doing what I was meant to do. And that's when I realized that I could, as you say, look back and connect the dots, just like Steve Jobs says, you can't look back until we've <laughs> taken those steps. And I looked at all these pivots and turns and thought, actually, these are the core things you need to find your purpose. This is, uh, and that's when I created a program called Living with Purpose to really help mostly women through this group coaching program, though I have private clients and men and women. And it's just evolved from there. And every, I believe, obviously, every cohort I work with, I experience kind of a deeper understanding of purpose. And then I went on to study uh, the IFS, which is internal family systems, which is really looking at our deeper programming and understanding how that can kind of either excel us forward or hold us back because it's all good and well to have a strategy and a plan and and to map out what we think we're here to do. But if we have a big program running, it's really hard to step into that space, as you would call up your brave and step into who you're here to be. There's so much we can explore in this area like <laughs> that you've talked
1: about. But I think one of the things for our listeners is I'm curious to know how many of you have been asking yourself, maybe now in the last few years, more than ever in your life, what am I here for? You know, what is my purpose? What is my role? I've asked myself that my whole life. I know not everyone's <laughs> obsessed with personal development like you and I are, but I think people are starting to ask those questions more. Even if they're not in business, they're just asking these questions. What are some things that if people want to go down that path, like meaning they want to, they're like, I don't really know if I'm on purpose or I thought I was, but I do have this nagging feeling. Like you talked about how can they, what are some questions they can ask themselves or what is a good starting point for them to, as you say, you know, find their, their thing in life?
0: Mm, Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, I do have 20 questions that you can ask yourself on my website that can help you to find your purpose. So that's a, a great question to ask. And something that I, I'm really passionate about because, it, that you know, I think it's Tony Robbins who says the quality of your life depends on the quality of your questions. So I think asking these right questions right at the beginning is something that you can start with. You can start journaling these questions. And for me, one of the key things when we're finding our purpose is to try to remember what you used to love just trying to remember as a child a lot of our clues for our purpose comes way back when we were a child and sometimes those expressions maybe got shut down or we didn't follow a path because we thought we couldn't make money out of it or you know there's a lot of reasons or the parents didn't you know, encourage that. So I would say, look back first, look at what is it that I used to love doing. And I have lots of examples of um, people telling me, you know, as a child, I was so creative. I just spent all my time drawing and creating and somehow that dried up and I didn't do it anymore. And I followed a different path. So your first clue is looking and remembering what kind of child was I? Was I someone who used to like to move my my body a lot and need to express myself that way? Or was I somebody who loved attention to detail or cooking or helping people? And and really that has a, a lot to answer for just in that space. And then I would say, Really coming to understand what is it that I'm really good at and what comes naturally to me, and a lot of time we've evolved our skill set and we've developed, um, you know, and, and learned things and become good at things. But I think it's really good to remember and ask, what is it that people s- often comment on and say, "Oh, you're so you're so good at that," or that just looks so easy for you. And often these things we dismiss because we assume that everybody can do these things. Uh, you know, it might it might be, you know, for you, Natalie, how you speak to people, how you network with others, how you connect and how you show up with so much courage. You know, those are in your genius and they're your natural strengths. And when you're playing on those, that's when you get to be more in your purpose. So I think looking back, I think really understanding your natural strengths and talents and also remembering or asking yourself, what do I love? And sometimes, as we age, we forget what we love. We get so kind of into the rhythm of life, and maybe parenting and work, and and we've forgotten what it is that brings us joy. But one of the cornerstones of purpose is doing what you love. It's like the the icky guy, you know, showing up and remembering what brings me passion. And if you're starting to forget that, then I would say go out and start to. Try some new things that maybe you haven't done for a while or, you know, I used to love horse riding and, and I sometimes think I need to get back on a horse and do, you know, do those things, even if it doesn't correlate exactly to how that could turn into a business or a job, but take all of that away and just return to the joy mm-hmm. uh, because I think, you know, even if you're not trying to find your purpose, we want to find more joy and passion um, and passion is a big part of our purpose. It's like what lights you up in your heart? What gives you energy? What, what do you would you want to stand up and speak about? And, and you know, where do you gravitate your energy towards? Where do you go to in a bookshop? And, and really taking those clues in because those are what build these, these foundations of our purpose and, and really ensure that you are expressing that part. And the third part of, you know, the cornerstones of purpose is how do you serve? with those things, your strengths, your joy, and your passion, so that you can then be of service to others. Do you
1: find that people often kind of default to, or they get, maybe it's a stumbling block. What makes sense? You know, will it make, I've already done all this study, so it would make sense to follow that path.
0: So making sense versus filling what fills their soul? Yes, 100%. So we have You know, evolved in a masculine culture to evolve up to living from the neck up, you know, I call it. And I'm sure you know this as well, where we are just in our head and in our thinking part of our brain, because that's always been rewarded. That's what's rewarded at school. It's rewarded in the corporate world. And really, we've often disconnected with that heart sense of what what like what fills my heart and what my gut says is the right thing to do. And we've become separated, like largely because of the societal norms and, and just the way the world is and the busyness and the fullness of our life and that we are all at capacity and feeling overwhelmed by the, the digital world that we've just disconnected to this thinking part and often overthinking and really to find our true purpose we need to come back into our body we need to come back into that heart space and often you know open or let down some of the walls around our heart to remember that it, you know it's okay for us to sometimes step into the vulnerability of of not knowing or expressing our true self because it can feel very exposing sometimes to to be your true self and we've kind of adapted ourselves away from our true self because that maybe feels safer for us. So I think part of the journey of finding your purpose is returning to to your body. So for the listeners out there, you can send
1: us a text 2057 or email inbox at realitycheck.radio. The question Simon was asking is was around, you know, what did you love to do as a child, you know? As a child, that it leaves clues. I would love to know what what you loved to do as a child. And I think you're right. It does it is great to look back that far. It's like, it's a while ago for a lot of us. Um, But look at what, you know, what did we do naturally? Even that question you said about when you go into a bookstore, like, what do you go and look at? And that is a clue as to what, what we love, what fills us with joy. And it's never too late. I love that message from today. It's never too late to find your purpose. So never think that, oh, you missed the boat.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I I can attest to that. I really didn't find my stride until my 40s, I, I believe. And, and I work with a lot of women in midlife. And midlife on its in itself is a time of great change within us. We are going through big, you know, as women, big hormonal changes and priority changes. And we kind of throw everything up and go, who am I and who do I want to be? And I think it's really this beautiful second chapter that we can create uh, in an intentional way.
1: I want to get into IFS in a minute, but before I do that. Um, I've got a team, teen- I've got a couple of teenagers and I know a lot of my listeners will too. And of course, at this stage, they're, they're going into exams and they're looking at, you know, what do they want to do when they grow up? And all those questions that they get asked, mm. is there something in this that they can apply as well? You know, in turn, how can we support our teenagers? They don't need to know what they want to be when they grow up, but how can we help them to discover their purpose, um, or maybe follow a path that is truly aligned for them rather than the
0: one that makes sense. That's such a great question. I actually do uh, go into my old high school and speak on this topic to people who are in their last couple of years of school. And a lot of it comes back to the same things that I've just mentioned. But the three cornerstones that I do get them to consider, you know, what do you love? You know, and they you know they love lots of things at that age, and then what you know, what are your strengths? Naturally, the same thing, and then how can you use that, and what you want to create? But I think part of it, as well as having the courage to trust that your child will succeed if they follow the path where they are in uh, their element or in their place of natural genius, and sometimes I think. As parents, we get we want to get involved and shape what we think is the best path for them based on what society says is a good job. And it's really trusting them to know that this feels really good for me and I love it and I'm hungry to do it, they're going to be successful because that's that's what naturally comes to them. So I think having those honest conversations and uh, asking a lot of those same questions. And you yourself, as a parent, have seen your child grow up from a very young age. You will remember what they loved doing as a child, (laughs) which isn't that long ago. And just noting that and noting that and bringing that into the conversation. And say, remember when you used to do this and and do you still like that? And and is what you're choosing something that you love or something that you think you should do um, to you know, tick that life box. So, so yeah, it's a similar process, but um, yeah, it's kind of giving them that permission to choose something that, that really aligns with who they are and really getting them to help understand who they are, that, that personality piece or do some strength finders to find out what their natural strengths are, if they don't know, and um, keeping that, that kind of dialogue of permission open. It's so good. I love that you go into schools and talk about that. That's brilliant.
1: (laughs) What is IFS? Internal Family Systems. Tell us more about that. How can we find freedom and purpose through IFS?
0: Yeah. So IFS is a type of uh, family. That originally started as a family therapy, which was developed by Dick Schwartz, and has really that was developed back in the eighties. It's really evolved over time, and at the moment, it's an incredibly popular type of therapy that is. Working with our parts, and it seems like very basic language, but it's a it's a really beautiful way that we get to understand who we are and the parts of who we are and why they do what they do. So, for a lot of us, we describe ourselves as, oh, you know, we might say, oh, I'm just an angry person, or I'm I've got so much jealousy, or you know, we talk about ourselves as this whole thing, but really we when we look at ifs we have this internal family of a lot of different parts sometimes we feel anger sometimes we feel joy sometimes we feel resentment sometimes we feel shame and all of these parts kind of live within us and when we do ifs we get to understand why these parts do what they do so it's almost like we have a number of sub personalities within us rather than just describing ourselves as we are this. Mm-hmm. We get to understand that we're a multiplicity of parts and we want to come to understand these parts and understand why they behave like they do and how they interact with other parts so that we can gain um, the ability to not have these parts have a hold on us. We want to create the freedom so that we can be more in what we call self energy and and self-energy is who everybody has self-energy it's who you have always been at your core that is the ability to step back and have the courage the there's this fight there's uh i think there's seven c's of self but it's really that that place where you have the clarity the calmness the courage and we work with these parts from our place of self so uh, I mean, I'll give you an example from myself of this, maybe. So, a lot of our parts are evolved from our childhood. And when we are children, we have certain events or uh, might be traumatic or difficult times, or we felt hurt or pain in our childhood. And we call that part that got hurt or shamed or it was in pain or. Felt rejected or alone. We call that our exiled self. That's a part that never wants to feel like that again. And so from that part, we have these protective parts that come in that say, Don't worry, you will never have to feel like this. So, uh, for example, I remember for myself, I've, you know, I do the IFS work on myself as well, or have somebody do IFS with me. Um, And, you know, for me, I had times in my childhood where there was lots of unpredictable behavior I had a dad that was you know a big drinker and sometimes things were unpredictable and so for me I had a part that uh, really wanted to make sure that I was in control of everything and I was the responsible one so that's a part mm-hmm. that was a learned part to protect this young child that probably felt unsafe or like things were going to get out of control and then something might happen. Okay, so over time, that part has got a really good intention. All of your parts, even the ones you don't like, have really good intentions for you, and that is they usually want to keep you safe. They want to protect you from feeling those feelings in your past, so that you don't have to go through that pain again. And sometimes things will trigger it. People will remind you of that person that maybe causes that pain, or you'll get triggered back into that old feeling. And then those protectors really come out and you become maybe more controlling or more responsible or more hypervigilant and overthinking or more people pleasing or whatever your learned response was, these parts start to really play out. And sometimes we get blended with them and we feel like this is who we are and we kind of feel frustrated about them. We're like, I'm just sick of this part of myself like is overthinking or being controlling or is people pleasing like we get to a, a crossroads where you can see it's holding you back so when I talk about it for- from a purpose perspective, we can do all of this understanding rationally of what we want to do in the world, but when you've got these parts that are trying to protect you and keep you safe, they're not going to want you to make big decisions or they're not going to want you to delegate things or all of the things you need to do. They've they've got this big hold. So when we work with IFS, we get to know these parts. So we get to know the part that... Um, that feels you know, like they, yeah, like they have to maybe think about things and overthink things or be anxious about things and we get to hear from them and understand them and we get to step into our self-energy and understand why they are like they are and help them to step back so that they're not in the driving seat all the time, that you and your self-energy can actually lead the way and that's what we call self-leadership. That's quite a long, (laughs) a long summary of IFS. I mean, there's so much to say on on the topic, but hopefully that can give you an understanding that if you think about that film Inside Out, where we've got, you know, all Mm -hmm. the anger and happy joy, it's like that within us. We have all of these parts that operate and some of them are like like our family that lives within us. So that's kind of a, a simple way of explaining it.
1: I love, I know, I love that. And because I've often talked about, how we have these things within us. And we and sometimes we call on them. Like sometimes you have to call on your courage, but you don't have to be courageous 24 seven, right? Or sometimes we need to call on our empathy, but sometimes we do need to take a stand and put ourselves first. So it's like we we call on the, I guess those are the more like strengths that we call on, but um, interesting concept. I've never heard of exiled self. I've definitely yeah, heard of having I mean, having traumas and things when we we're younger and therefore they affect us, but that's an interesting concept, the exiled self. So I can see- how we would need both. We want a purpose. Like you can help people to figure out their purpose, but it's really hard to fulfill or follow that purpose if these, I don't know what they're called. L- yeah. Protective parts. Protective parts are holding us back and we know they're there to keep us safe. But when they are, and I'm going to use my verbiage going into overdrive, then yeah. they really, um, they hold us back. So how do we move on from them or release them? I don't know. not sure if we're meant to release them. How mm. do we, how do we navigate past them?
0: Yeah. It's a great question. So when we, what I love the most about IFS is that it's one of the most compassionate therapies that you can do. We don't try to smash that part of, you know, there's lots of kind of firm handedness of like, let's just smash fear in the face or, you know, it's the polar opposite of that. It's like, let's just get to know fear. Let's like actually have a conversation with fear. So Mm -hmm. we, when we do IFS, we can always start in the body and we get people to actually feel into what does this feel like, and what parts are showing up, and we get to know those parts. And then a part might present itself as as a strong feeling in our body, and we get to ask the questions of understanding, like, what is the intention of this part? I mean, Natalie, we could do work with a part of yours if you feel like. Yeah, let's do it. To, let's do a hot seat. A hot seat. I won't. I mean, we'll do. We won't go into the exiled self because that's really deep and tender work. So I really encourage people to do that with with the support because that's a very vulnerable part of ourselves. But just to give people an idea, we could get to understand just a protector, a protective part Mm -hmm. and understand how we could just get to know it a little bit if you feel comfortable doing that. Okay. I'm not really sure how it's going to go, but I'm open to it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So even for you uh, now, you could just have a think about a part of yourself That might get triggered at certain times, maybe with one of your teenage children that brings it up, or uh, it could be a a way that, you know, something that you maybe like sometimes in yourself, the high achieving part, but sometimes it can also, you know, mean that you lead to burnout. We have parts that kind of can get polarized as well. But if you're just thinking about, well, there is this part of me that um, has been around a while and I am kind of a little bit tired of it, (laughs) or it does slow me down somehow, or it does hold me back a little bit, Uh, there is that invitation.
1: Yeah. I mean, there'll be a few. One, let me know if this is appropriate and I can try to choose another if not, is um, I trying to do too many things. So Mm -hmm. yes, I'm a generator in human design. Yes, I have a lot of energy. I've never been even close to burnout, but I do have so many projects on the go and I don't mean I'm busy. Everyone's busy. I get it. But I feel like I kind of shoot myself in the foot sometimes in terms of business um, of trying to do too many things, too many offerings, Uh, So, would that be one, or is that too? um, Yeah, it could.
0: Yes, it could. It could be. And this is probably a polarized part because it's also part that you really love about yourself and that's your drive. So, we can have these two parts of ourselves. And sometimes the parts like, I don't want to give this up. I love this about myself because it's making me achieve a lot and I'm maybe a high achiever. And my, you know, I want to, that's a big part of my program is being that. So, I guess like, what what I think because I'm this? here
1: for big impact, it is a problem for me because I'm like, I know people say, you know, if you just focused eight, you know, eighty twenty, like eighty percent of your energy on one part of your business. Yep. That's so that's where I see that it is a it is a fault or
0: a, something that holds me back. So I'm I'm open to hearing that. Okay, beautiful. So is there a part of you that feels like it's a little bit scattered, it jumps from one thing to the other? Or oh yeah. Is it yeah, yeah. So that that's a part as well. So we're understanding, oh yeah, I've got this part that jump jumps from one thing to the other and I really want to be focusing on the on the 20%, but there's a part that's this jumping around a lot. Would that be the part or would you yeah. feel like it's more yeah. Cool. So that's like what we sometimes call a a restless part that's like wants to be constantly doing or achieving and it it jumps around a lot, but it does mean sometimes it's not taking you to that next level because it's diluting your power in some way. Would that feel right? Yes, exactly.
1: Not like not laser
0: focused. Beautiful. Okay. I think a lot of us can really, uh, you know, relate to this part, especially in the world that we live in, the digital world, the scattered kind of attention part. So if it feels okay with you, can you just turn your attention inward, Natalie, and just feel in your body what that part of you feels like, the part that's scattered and jumping around a little bit Obviously, we're not going to talk to all of our parts right now, but just we're doing an abridged version, just feeling the energy of what it feels like, the scattered part that's jumping from one task to the other or is yeah feeling a little bit restless. Is there a place in the body you can feel it? Not really, but I'm having like the vision that comes
1: to mind is when my kids were Mm -hmm. little and you feel like they're pulling you in both directions, you know, like, Mm. so it's in my, so I'd say it would be in my arms, meaning I feel pulled in this direction and I feel pulled in that direction. When they were younger, it would have been pulled by them, but now it's me that's, Mm. I'm reaching into this and I'm stirring Mm. past over here and I'm trying to write a list over there. That's just an analogy, but you know, I'm being pulled in different directions,
0: but it's of my own doing. Mm. Beautiful. Okay, great. So just feel that in your arms, feel that pull of being pulled in lots of different directions. It feels like maybe this is a part that's been around from when you were a mother early days, and it still feels like this being pulled from one part to the other. Just notice any sensations or feelings in that feeling, feeling scattered or pulled in so many directions. Okay. You can you can feel, Is that, what does that feel like in your arms or is it in any other part of your body? Well, in my head as well. Mm, yeah great. but it's
1: very much a back yeah like almost like a back and forth yeah
0: beautiful so just just be with that back and Mm -hmm. forth part of yourself that feels like back and forth it's also up in the head because also there's a part that's thinking I'm doing this live so we've got a thinking part coming on line here because we're doing a live show naturally so we're going to just thank the thinking part for showing up and we're just going to come back into the arms and we're just going to feel what that part feels like the back and forth the movement and just notice if there's, there's any emotion or feeling with that part of your body.
1: Yeah, my arms are my sh- predominantly shoulders, and I feel like they're almost not pulsating, but kind of back. It is this back and forth, like kind of like a rocking.
0: Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. So just um, observing that part and maybe just just trying to get to know it a little bit better, Natalie, and asking, like, what does that part want you to know? just ask that part what it would like you to know. Maybe you can step outside it and just ask it what it would like you to know. I'm not sure. That's perfectly, that's also a part. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a part that sometimes doesn't know that wants us to to acknowledge it as well. So just thank that part for coming in and, and that's another protective part. So just say thank you to that part. And maybe just ask it a different question. Ask these arms that are getting pulled another question, which might be, what is its intention for you?
1: Okay. I'm going to ask it out loud, see if that helps. Yeah. 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 What, is, what is the intention? What is the, what is the what intention? What is your intention for me? What is your yep. intention for me? Mm.
0: And just trusting whatever comes forward is the right answer.
1: I'm not really having thoughts, but like I feel now that the movement is kind of going forward back more. Before mm-hmm. it was side to side. And now when mm-hmm. I actually put, move my arms, I put them both down at my sides, uh, but I am sitting down. Um, mm.
0: And it, yeah. No. Beautiful. So it's just a different movement. So it's a, it, this part wants to move you forward, but hold you back. Could mm-hmm. that be, could that mm-hmm. re- make sense for you? Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm going
1: into my cerebral as I do, <laughs> uh, because I've had frozen shoulder over the last, Almost, mm. pr- actually it was October last year, so literally a year ago. Um, mm. So that's interesting that when you asked me the initial question, my answer was arms. I wasn't thinking about mm. Beautiful. pain or, or limited mobility, but yeah, so that's interesting.
0: Mm. Do you want to keep going or do you do you feel like this is kind of difficult? I'm, <laughs> no, it's it not difficult. I'm just <laughs> wary of, I'm not saying anything. It's like, it's
1: an interesting listening for our it's, listeners with a bunch of blank air, but that's Okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's, that's perfectly okay. And, and you know what, when we do do IFS, there is a lot of blank air because we're actually getting to To allow the space, to allow that space of just getting to know these parts a little bit more and understand, you know, what, what are they there for? What is their intention and, and just trying to understand and also going, how, how do you feel towards this part? How do you feel towards this part that's moving back and forth or pulling side to side uh, at the part that feels scattered? I, I mean, How do you feel towards that?
1: I think a bit judgy, like judgy in the sense that it's like, Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like I, I know I'm, I'm trying to do too many things. I'm used to doing too many things. I know it could be more effective and have more impact if I did less or laser focus my thoughts. So it's kind of like, well, the answer is right there. (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, but I am not willing to let things go. And that's an interesting phrasing because letting things go, usually you're holding them in your hands, right?
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just ask that part, just turning toward that part, and you might get a sense of it maybe being outside of you or a shape or a movement. Just ask that part, what is it afraid would happen if it didn't do what it does, if it didn't keep across everything or in every direction? Ask it what's it afraid would happen. It's hard to
1: know how much is just my brain working on it, but it was like mm. they wouldn't get done as kind of came in.
0: Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And then we asked what would happen if it didn't get done.
1: Right. Okay. So peeling back the onion like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, If we can keep going and going and going, but um, yeah, you you know, it is, it is the deeper work and it takes quite a lot of, you know, vulnerability to go into those parts and understand them. And sometimes we feel resistance to letting them go because they're also serving us as, making us capable and enabling us to manage our lives in a certain way in the world so it's that unfolding and getting to know and and over time we can start to understand that it's probably got a really good intention for you but it's also probably quite exhausted from doing this in this way if we kept diving in it would probably start to speak to you and share that it's quite tired and then we get to come in with that self energy and get to actually show it that compassion and understanding and, and let it maybe unburden some of the things that it's been carrying and and that's yeah that's kind of the work that we we do in a process of of really going what is it that they're trying to protect and how can we unburden them and update them because they've got frozen back in time when they believe that they had to be everyone to every you know everyone to every one. what do you say? <laughs> everything to everyone. Um, everything to everyone sorry and that that was a you know we it was our responsibility to be across everything and we try to understand where does that come from and why when did it decide that and how old is this part and then we start to to realize that this part's been really busy being across everything for a long time and maybe up in the head thinking about everything as well. And we can start to track back and understand what is Mm -hmm. the exile part that it's trying to protect you from. And maybe it's a time in the past where as a child you believed I have to be across everything or I have to be the overachiever or high achiever, I have to make somebody proud, and if I don't, what will happen? So there's lots of different avenues that we get to look at these parts from. Um, and it's it's really just like you say peeling back the onion but doing it in a really compassionate mm. way that's like the parts that we sometimes hate about ourselves actually have worked so hard to make us um, adapt to things that we had to survive or to make us feel safe or to make us operate in the world in the way we do.
1: I actually think a lot of listeners will be able to relate to that because even if let's say they're in a corporate job and they have all this responsibility and they're thinking well I can't possibly delegate this because you know I need to be across you know it's it's the same thing or even like a mom at home and she's like oh I need to do all these things and so there might be a different scenario, but I see what you're saying. So it's like looking at where does that come from and what, if, what would happen if you did let that thing go? And it's interesting to look at my strategy because usually what I do is I'll let a few things go or I'll get bored of them, to be honest. And then I'll, um and then I'll start something new. And it's like, I'm just mm-hmm. as busy. I'm just doing a variation of what I did before,
0: but it, it, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of us can relate to that, but it's, you know, a big part of IFS is that curiosity of, mm. of, and you use that word strategy because we actually have learned these strategies of of how to to work in the world, and a mm-hmm. lot of them are really serving us. Like part of what you that part is also what has made you so successful. You know, as we mentioned. But it's just when it feels like I can't ever stop or I can't ever rest or I can't ever just focus on one thing, then we just want to understand what, what is that part feeling? We And we get to talk to it more and uncover it more and give it the space and let it be noticed. And we start that conversation. And you know, as we dive deeper into the child part, which we won't do here, but you get to come in with that self-energy and maybe speak to that younger part in a way that, they were never spoken to or acknowledged or seen or heard. And you get to be, you know, that kind of what we call reparented person for them, where they get to have something validated for them or made true a new truth come through. So it's, it's very gentle, but it's very powerful.
1: Yeah, definitely Mm -hmm. powerful work. And I'm sure that, um, a lot of our listeners if they've been listening to my show for a while we've been going 6 months we we do talk about stuff like this but for some listeners it is very new like they'll be like what is this you know going back to your when you're younger and thinking about things that so it'll be new for some people but it's so important to do because it helps us move forward
0: yeah. And just remembering that about 70 to 80% of our beliefs are formed in those first seven years of childhood. So a lot of us think, oh, that didn't it didn't have an effect on me. That was fine. I had perfect parents, nothing in my childhood happened, but we do have experiences where our sometimes our emotional needs are not met mm-hmm. and we do create beliefs about ourselves and they also can show up as parts that protect us from some of those those feelings as we grow up. Mm, So mm. true. I, it's
1: interesting. I mean, I've done a bit of work around this, but the scenario that often comes in for me is I don't know how old I was. And I was so upset at my birthday and I hid under the table mm-hmm. and when, because the cool girls left my party to go see this boy down the street. And it's like, I look at it I'm go, Oh my God, Nat, look at what you do. Like you started a business where everyone's invited to the party. <laughs> everyone's included, like no one's left out. And even when I go, when I, and I, I do a networking business, like I help people could connect. It's so interesting. Once we start to look at ourselves, we can look and understand how we behave and it sometimes works really well and it's worked out well for us, but there's always going to be something there. It's like, okay,
0: well, what is that about and and how can I work through it? So yes, I I really love that point. Yeah, because often we do find the gold in the grit, I call Mm -hmm. it, which means that sometimes these things that happen to us or we experience, they can feel like very bad things and they can, obviously we don't underestimate the impact of that but we can often create behaviors that are positive behaviors from that experience you know if you had a parent that was very detached or unkind you might in your parenting skills become a parent who is incredibly loving and connected and and parent in a different way so often we can course correct Uh, so yeah just like just like you have in your business
1: yeah And I mean, sometimes it serves us, but then
0: when we do too much of it, it can go into overdrive and then it becomes a little bit of a weakness. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. And overachieving is a beautiful example of that where, you know, we, it served us to a point and it makes us strive, which is part of what we call a manager part that makes us appear like we've got it all together and in control and can do everything. But when we push too far in that direction and we start to feel exhausted or Abandon parts of ourselves in the process, that's when it's gone too far and is out of balance. And we want to understand why that is.
1: And I can see how that brings us back to where we started with the purpose, because I guess sometimes if people are doing things because of a uh, the overachieving or wanting to be seen or or whatever it is, and then it's like, but now then they realize they don't even love what they're doing. You know, or, or they've fallen, maybe they fall out of love in love with it. Maybe they used to love it. And then it's like revisiting those three questions you started us with. You know, what do you love to do? What are your strengths? How can you use that to be of service? So mm. I feel like we're kind of coming full circle again.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. These are often our parts have created our career path because mm-hmm. we our parts think that we have to have it all together in this way and they're protecting us from feeling rejected or unsafe or one of those feelings so you can see how the parts part comes in but yeah returning to the cornerstones and and really understanding who you are and when i say that it means yes understanding who you are what you love what you're good at but also understand your program understand the 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 wonderful parts of your program that have propelled you forward and made you who you are, like your story that you shared, but also understand the shortcomings of your program, the limitations, the parts that feel like contractions in the way that you show up and understand that, you know, they are playing a role and how can we maybe help them to step back to give you that freedom to go to that next level. It's so valuable to ask these questions. Definitely.
1: Definitely. Um, thank you for that. Before we move on to the last questions that I ask all of my guests, is there anything else you want to say about IFS? Or are there certain um questions that come up a lot, you know, with these groups that you run and people you work with?
0: Mm. Uh yeah, I would just say, you know, work with somebody who has a qualified practitioner or a therapist in this, you know, to start off is probably a good idea if you're wanting to do some of the deeper work. But what I also love about IFS is that it's something that you can continue doing on your own. It's a lot of self relating, it's a lot of really starting to have these inner dialogues with parts of yourself that you've maybe never shown any attention towards. So it's a beautiful practice that you can bring in and start to get curious about these parts rather than hating them or thinking they're bad parts of yourself that you act you know in an angry way or you can be mean or uh, you know sometimes we we have a real thing that they're bad but actually what I want you to take is that we just want to understand why they do what they do and that there as dick Schwartz says there are no bad parts. So it's just it's really understanding the wholeness of who you are mm. and
1: how they they help us to f- express who we are rather than shutting down some parts of us that we would think are bad and wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've all, we can all relate to that over the past three <laughs> years, I imagine.
0: Yes, 100 percent. What is one thing that you've done in the past year where you truly upped your brave? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I I kind of have two things that I've been thinking about. I mean, one is more of an obvious one where I launched my first uh, business program and I've obviously done years of personal development, but a lot of people were coming to me for business coaching and uh, asking me if I would run a program and I had to up my brave and go, okay, I'm going to create a whole new program. And I think, as you know, launching anything new uh, for the first time is a lot of upping your brave. But um, I would say probably more than delivering is the courage to not deliver for me has happened in this quarter. And I think sometimes it's those things that we feel most afraid of of maybe resting or stopping or not delivering for me it feels way harder than mm-hmm. to keep on the delivery or, you know, showing up and, and working hard and I really made a commitment to myself this quarter not to launch one of my bigger programs. And that's taken a lot of courage to <laughs> stop and to say, I'm going to give myself the space to really sit in strategy, to really give my space the time to connect back into that heart space, to connect back into my gut feel, to think, you know, what is it that I want to create in this year ahead? And that for me feels more courageous and uncomfortable mm-hmm. than throwing myself into creation mode so that's um a strange kind of courage <laughs> if that makes sense
1: it's great it's amazing you know i had someone a couple of months ago and i asked this question as i do and he said going out to a restaurant you know and eating a meal comfortably by myself mm-hmm. That was his example. So, upping your brave exactly doesn't have to be doing some monumental thing. And sometimes it's not taking what I would call empowered action. It's actually giving yourself permission to rest and to not launch or <laughs> promote or deliver. Yeah. So, congratulations. It is big.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's good. I'm, an, I'm adjusting to it. But yeah, I'm definitely um, I've got a few little things that I'm creating, but I feel much more prepared for the year ahead by creating Mm. this space. Mm. Great. What about the bucket list?
1: Do you have anything on your bucket list that you would love to do, be, or experience in your lifetime that we can possibly help you with?
0: Yeah. I mean, when you say you can help me with what I really want to do is create this ripple of more people standing in the power of their purpose. And I want to really, I say ripple because if one person can find what it is that they're here to do in the world and everybody has something that I believe they've been gifted with to share with the world, if they are then going out in the world and sharing that with others and using their you know, unique essence and their experiences, their um, strengths, those passions to be of service to others the people receiving them then also have a ripple effect and Mm. that's what I am starting to see with some of the you know people that I work with is now they're doing their purpose and they're touching lives of other people and they're helping others and and stepping into that altruistic behavior and we know that when people are living their purpose they live longer they live a number of years longer from the research in the blue zones their immunity increases they are happier they uh, are more fulfilled and all of these things. So I believe for me, my my real dream is to have more people in the world um, really standing in what they're here to do, really standing in their purpose and working through those things that hold them back so that they can feel the freedom of being fully expressed. And I believe that that's going to have a real ripple to, to so many people and, and to kind of create that expansion and maybe more love and joy in the world, which we definitely need right now. Yes, I love that phrase,
1: the power of your purpose. Mm -hmm. If you're listening and you know what your purpose is, or you think you do, you can let us know. We'd love to hear. I can read it out on an upcoming episode 2057 on the text. What is coming up for you, Simon? What is coming up in like, let's say the next six months, either personally or in your
0: business? And how can we connect with you? Mm, beautiful so uh in this space that i've been having i i've really been wanting to help other people make sure that they have their most intentional 2024 as a coach we really start quite early on preparing for the year people for the year ahead we start by looking at how do i want to complete this year and we actually need to step into that completion energy and then what is our vision and then how do we step into the strategy and mapping that out so what i have is a, a program called intention it's a small program it's three months with three workshops where you can actually really step into preparing your best year for 2024 and it's it's three 90-minute sessions I know that people are really busy at this time of year so we meet once in November once in December and once in January and we actually hit the ground running and make sure that this future self-vision of where you see yourself in a year's time is not just a vision. It's actually something that you put your l- love and energy into it so that you can bring it to life because so many of us get to February and the resolutions have fallen away yeah. the goals aren't happening. <laughs> you know, 80% of us don't follow through. So you actually have to prepare for your year. And that starts kind of early. And first of all, it's closing out the end of one year and taking those learnings and review reviewing it and then going, okay, can I step into vision? And can I remember what my vision is? Um, because sometimes, as I say, we forget. And then what do we actually need to do that? So that's um, on my website, it's simondenny.me. Uh, slash intention, forward slash intention. Um, and it will be sharing it on socials, but you can just DM me as well. But it's a little container, like a group coaching container that we come together and we really get you to step into knowing what that that next year looks like for you. Amazing. So Simone
1: Denny is spelt like Simone. So it's got the E <laughs> there, S-I-M-O-N-E, Denny, D-E-N-N-Y, dot me. Yes. Okay. Yep. And, Perfect. and then
0: intention is Blush the intention. program. Got it. Amazing. What about Instagram? Are you on there? Yes, I'm on Instagram. I'm Simone Denny Coaching on Instagram and Facebook. You'll find me there. And I post quite a lot on Instagram. Amazing. So if they want
1: to stay inspired or find out more about finding their freedom and purpose through IFS, they can get in touch. Um, Before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners today?
0: No, I think probably returning back to what I said at the beginning is to not give up that you aren't going to ever find your potential or that you're not ever going to find that joy or that you're not going to feel that fulfillment or inspiration. It, it just, it sometimes it's just that small pivot that you need in life to get more aligned with who you're here to be. And uh, it, it can happen at any stage. And 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 sometimes your purpose goes beyond just your job. Your purpose can also be the person and the role you play in your family. It can be who you are in your relationship. And for me, you know, I've seen lots of people pivot in those different areas of life and really step into their why which is what your purpose is why are you here what is it that you're here to do in the world Uh, and just know that that is available to everybody and that really includes you so uh, it's often just slowing down and asking those questions of yourself and taking the time to be a little bit more intentional about uh, making sure that you are doing what you love in life. Yeah,
1: amazing, because there's never been a better
0: time. Thank you so much, Simone, for, sh- for um, sharing your wise
1: wisdom with us today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks, everyone, for listening. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio.